0: Amen. Isn't it good to be in God's house this morning? No matter what we're going through, we can still trust in Jesus Christ this morning. And I'm thankful that he never leaves us or never forsakes us. Amen. There's something I'm back in Nehemiah this morning with a. This ought to be important to everyone because we're all leading someone. And I'm back in Nehemiah about having a leader's heart. And how God used Nehemiah to uh, raise up the walls of Jerusalem, and I, I love this story. Y'all may not like Nehemiah, but our church needs Nehemiah. Amen. If this, listen, God has been blessing us. I think this is the first Sunday in about eight or nine weeks we hadn't had a baptism. I, I'll get excited over it, Amen. I like it, Amen. You know, we i I I just think that we need, if we're growing and where we're growing at, we need more leaders. Amen? Yes. Yes. Let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick. Let's get our minds focused on where we're going with the Word this morning. Amen? Heavenly Father, take all distractions out of this room. And Lord, we bind Satan and just the hinderer. Because Lord, he's here to hinder your work, your kingdom work. Lord, I pray you'll focus on where we're at in our leadership. How are we leading our family? And Lord, all that starts with me. With each one of us in here, it starts with self-leadership. Lord, I pray that You'll just move Miley, this morning. Lift our spirits. Let this be an encouraging word. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. The reason I was on this is, I know y'all have seen the news, and you probably heard a lot about a government shutdown. So a lot of folks, even in here, were affected by that, and and I guess it just got it just got me. It wasn't so much that the government shut down; it was just when it was just a how we was lack of leadership. And I'm not talking about Democrat. I'm not talking Republican. I'm not talking independent. I'm talking about just leadership. Of saying, "Hey, this is what we need to do. This let's, let, let's sit down, let's do this." But I'm not getting, Paul. I'm just showing you the examples of leadership. If we don't have that leadership in our home. It goes crazy. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people will perish. And that word perish means run wild. It means just to go here and there and here and there. And it's the same way if we don't have vision for our family. Where do you want your family to be in four years? How much do you want your kids to know God? Grandkids. How much do we want, we want God to be in this house, in our ministry? How, how much do we want to make an impact in this community? Do we just want to have church? And see, this is where it's going. This is where the devil wants. This is where the devil's got into church. He wants you to have church just to have church. And he wants us to be leaders. And Nehemiah come from. You may say, "Well, George, I'm not a leader. I'm not a godly leader." Listen, you don't have to have a seminary degree to be a godly leader. Alright, you don't have to go to school. You just have to listen to the voice of God. Listen to the Holy Spirit leading you. And and last week I preached the first thing we gotta have is a broken heart. For something or someone around you. For something that God's doing. Listen, you know how this even while ago on the Christmas play and everything they was talking about, God had to speak to someone's heart and lay that on their heart for that to ever happen. You say, well, I, they just thought... No, that was God plants the seeds. I love what Ted... How many of y'all remember Ted Williams, the baseball player? He said, God will get you up to the plate, but after that, you're on your own. Amen. And there's a lot of truth to that. God never forsakes us, never leaves us. God will get us up to the place. In our walk with Him, He'll open that door for us, but we've got to be willing to step out on faith and do it. Amen. And Nehemiah, believe me, Nehemiah was scared to death. He was a cupbearer. I want to read this in chapter 2. Of He's been praying now for four months. It started back in December and he's been praying for four months. Now in chapter 2, we're getting in the month of March and April. He's been praying about it. God hadn't spoke to him. He's been praying and fasting. Praying and fasting for four months. He's got to approach the king and ask permission to go back to his, to his people. And listen, that's the cupbearer. The king's not going to let just any cupbearer run off. Because the king, you know, if you got, you know, you might have a a kinfolk or a friend that wants to be king, they'll just put a little bit of poison in it. And he'd be gone. He trusted Nehemiah that much. He trusted in the cupbearer. Look in chapter 2. What it said here, it said in chapter 2, it says, And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when the wine was before him, that I took wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never been sad in his presence before, therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart, so I become dreadfully afraid and the king said, May the, and, and I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face Not be sad when the city, the place of my fathers, the tombs, lie in waste and its gates are burned with fire. The king said to me, what what do you request? So I prayed to God in heaven. That's one of them quickie prayers, amen? He's fixing to meet the king, so he threw up a quickie prayer real quick. Lord, just give me the words to say that I can say to this man that he'll release me and I can go build with my people and do what God has broken my heart about. It's okay to have quickie prayers. Just don't make that a lifestyle prayer. Amen? It's okay to throw up a quick prayer. Just don't let that be your prayer life. And so he goes and he says a prayer real quick before he approaches the king here and tells him what he wants. And the king said, And I said to the king, If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, How long will your journey be? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Furthermore, I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let the letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river that must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah." And as I was reading this day, he prayed for four months. How, when's the last time we prayed for four months about something? Every day. When's the last time we prayed every day that you know something that God has broken your heart about, laid it on your heart, and I mean you're praying and praying and praying, and, and, and nothing's happening. Everybody been there, you prayed and nothing happened? And he's been praying and nothing's happening. And so I love how God, during this four months, God is creating a godly leader that He can use. He's already trustworthy because He's a cupbearer. He's already tasting the king's food and, and the wine before He drinks it. So He's a trustworthy person. And so God says, I'm going to take a Nehemiah that doesn't even have a seminary degree, that that is just a cupbearer, he's comfortable where he's at, he likes what he's doing, I'm going to break his heart, I'm going to lay a burden on his heart about Jerusalem, I'm going to raise him up to go back and build the city so my people can be God's people again. And we need this so much in our churches today. Every church, we need people to have a broken heart to say, God, come back to the church. Come back and be part of the church. Help it, Lord, be part of what we're building. It's not about just a system of doing church. I'm surprised. Listen, you'll be surprised how many people will leave a church house this morning and not feel nothing from the Holy Spirit. God will not whisper a word to them. The whole time, the preacher's preaching. And you may be doing it now. They're worried about their wash, their dryer. You know, i got, I got to, got to cook. Where are we going to go eat? Amen? And, and right now, you're probably thinking the same thing. Oh, I hope I turned that iron off. <laughs> and there's so many things that comes in that people get up from a church service and they leave and they can't tell that they've ever been in the presence of God. And God said, I'm not going to raise up a leader of Nehemiah that's going to lead people to be dead people. I want to lead, He said, I'm going to raise up Nehemiah, that Nehemiah will be a godly leader, that he'll lead them with desire and passion, he'll lead them into the presence of God. They'll actually be excited to build this wall. They'll actually be excited to go to church. They don't want to fire you up. You don't got to go to church. You get to. I told my class this morning, I don't got to preach. I get to. And you don't got to hear me, but you got to. Amen? No, you get to. You get to be here and hear the word of God. We get to be in the presence through worship of song. We get to take all them burdens that have burdened us down all week. The devil that has and throw fiery darts. We get to lay them at the altar of Jesus Christ and say, "No more, no more. I can't deal another day with what you're putting on me. This world is expecting of me, Lord Jesus. I want to give it to you." And you can actually get up, boldly approach that throne of grace and get up and leave here today, being uplifted. You don't have to carry that junk back home with you. And God was doing all of this in Nehemiah's heart. And he knew that if he was going to build a wall, he needed money. He needed it time. He needed connections. And so I love the first thing of being a godly. I want, I want to read a couple of things about godly leaders, about leaders. A good leader inspires other people with confidence in a leader. A great leader inspires other people with confidence in themselves. How many of y'all got confidence in yourselves this morning? You say, Brother George, I don't know. I just don't have what it takes, I don't think. You know, how do- Listen, Nehemiah didn't know he had it. But if you're a saved child of God this morning and dwelt by the Holy Spirit, greater is He that's in you than anything that's in the world. I don't care if your marriage is going down. I don't care if you're having problems at home. Listen, if we got the Holy Spirit, we are winners. We are winners. I tell people all the time, I don't care if we got the nicest stuff in church. That's great. I would. I, I love to have nice equipment and nice uh, technology, and and I'm sure y'all love padded pews. Amen. 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 I don't know a Baptist one that don't like padded pews, <laughs> and it's comfortable to sit in. And I love having all this stuff. I love offering ministry and we got stuff going on and stuff for the kids. But all of that is great. But listen, none of that is bigger than the Holy Spirit. Without Him, we have nothing. We have no church. And we can't never get to the point as a church body that I did it. You didn't do nothing. Amen? I know there's been times that. How many of y'all get the big head? Come on, you bunch of lying Baptists. We all, at one point in time, let our head get a little big. We want to stick our chest out and go, ar, ar. I had to try that once. I mean, we want to crow. Will Rogers said one time about humility. He said, Let someone else blow your horn. The sound will carry twice as far. And I love this humility on Nehemiah. Go to that in in verse 4 there. Chapter 1, verse 4. Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to God in heaven. He humbled himself. He didn't walk in there. Even though he knew God was on his life, God's hand was guiding him, it was a God ideal, not a good ideal. There is a difference. There's a difference between a good ideal and a God ideal. He knew it was led by the Holy Spirit. He knew he'd been praying for four four months up to this point. Now he's got to approach king. He could have walked in and said, King, listen... God is leading me to do this. And I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. Ever seen people like that? There is people that can misuse the power of the Holy Spirit. Just because people said God told them to do it, don't necessarily mean it's God. There's always proof in the pudding. I hear it all the time as a pastor, my Brother George, God's telling me to do this. Well, how do you know God's telling you to do this? The first thing I always ask is, How long have you prayed about this? Well, not really very long, you know. I said a real quick prayer, but I, I can feel it. The, the, the I, how, how do you know it's God? Well, Brother George, I was down here at uh, Crickets, right there at that stoplight, and I said, Lord, if it turns green in two seconds, you want me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Holy Spirit there. <laughs> now listen, God speaks to us through many, many ways, guys. Yeah, I'm not saying that God don't ever now... But that's not a way of your walk to know the will of God in your life. He uses it. Number one, one, God's going to speak primarily, most of the time, not all the time. When you're in a relationship with Him, He's going to speak right here through His book. That's why it's called the Word of God. That's why I can read it every week and preach on... I can come back and preach this sermon, same exact scriptures, and it would not be the same next Sunday. Because it's living, it's cutting, it's alive. It meets every situation that you're going through right now. God has a word for you. That's why a lot of people say, well, Brother George, he's just not speaking to me no more. And I always ask, when's the last time you read his word? Oh, about three, four, six, seven. Really, last time I came to church is the last time I opened my Bible. God's not speaking to you very much. If you're waiting for the fleecing process, you're not going to see God very much. We fleece God to death. Through His Holy Spirit He speaks. Through convictions. How many of y'all have ever been convicted? Be honest. If you're a child of God, everybody in here should have been convicted over something. I'm not saying... Now, when I say conviction, everybody goes, He's going to preach on sin again. We all are sinners saved by grace. You're going to sin every day. But you also have a God that created a door, an opening through the throne of grace that will come. He is faithful to forgive us. He's faithful and just to forgive us. But we've got to humble ourselves in front of God to experience God. Nehemiah, see, Nehemiah already knew about humbling. He had humbled himself for God for four months. Now he's got to go in front of the king. And I, and I, I love what he said here. Nehemiah is a lot, a lot like us. He could have went in and demanded, but he knew how to approach the king. The king said, Nehemiah, why is your face so... He reminded me a lot of Baptists sometimes, amen? <laughs> the king looked at him and said, man, why are you so sad looking? I mean, you're here every day. You're working around me. You're, you're doing a great job as being a cupbearer, but you look burdened. You, you don't have no smile. You don't have that, that little ump like you used to have. Anybody ever get that away? You ever get down and depressed? You get down on yourself. You get down on others. And then bitterness starts to creep in. Amen. It would be very easy for a leader, especially even me as a pastor, I could get real bitter at people. Amen. Amen. I could hold a grudge every day. With somebody in church or outside of the church. I told my class this morning, God created us to be members in this body. That don't mean we're always going to agree all the time. How many of y'all got brothers and sisters at home? How many of y'all grew up with brothers and sisters? Did y'all just smile and kiss and hold hands all your life? I guarantee you there's not a person in here that didn't argue or get in a fight with their sister or their brother. Some of us are worse than others. Some of the times it was physical. I remember when me and my brother was growing up. I was three years older than him. And I played baseball. And and I was quite a bit taller than him and this and that. He'd get mad and want to fight. And I'd push him down. And when I seen that hand start reaching in the grass, a rock is coming. Run! (laughs) I don't know how many rocks I had thrown at me running up to the house. He didn't care. He'd hit the the brick wall. He'd hit the vehicles. He'd just throwing rocks. But see, we have one thing here in common that's different than the world. Even different than the relationship with the people in the world. And that is communion with the Holy Spirit. This church has communion with the Holy Spirit. This is why everybody can be so different in here. Like different personalities. Like different music. Different taste. But God can bring us all together through the Holy Spirit to glorify Him. I can't do that. You can't do that. But when we humble ourselves in front of God, He can do that. Nehemiah humbled himself. I wrote this down. There are three types of people in this world. Can you turn me up a little bit on my mic? People that make things happen. People that watch things happen. And people that have no idea what's happening. (laughs) Amen? That's usually them three type of people. So Nehemiah humbles himself and goes to the king and says, Listen, you want to know why my face is so sad? You want to know why I'm burdened? You want to know why I'm broken down? My people are back in Jerusalem. They've been captured. They've been released to go back. They're living on the streets. They're poor. They're begging for money. And this is God's people. And they're living like beggars. And God has laid on my heart, king, to go back and rebuild the wall and build the city and bring back God's people to be God's people. And you're thinking, man, he said that in front of the king. But he said, right before he said that, I said a quick prayer to heaven. Sometimes you don't have time to fall down on your knees and pray during the middle of the day. He was right in the middle of the king. He done humbled himself for four months. He's prayed about this. The king said, what's wrong? He said, dear Jesus. And I believe he never closed his eyes. He never bowed down. It was while the king was conversing with him. You know, you can pray without even saying, moving your lips. I don't think the king even know he prayed that quickie prayer to heaven. I think while he was talking to the king, he was talking at the same time. And his prayers were going up. He said, Lord, give me the words to say. Break this man's heart and let him send me there. Just give me the words to say. And then the whole time he's talking and he's still praying. Isn't that amazing power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. He's the only person that can do more than one thing at a time. Now some of us can do, some of us are pretty good multitaskers. The Holy Spirit can do it all. Amen. Know it all. See it all. He can do more than one job at once. And so as he said a quickie prayer, the king says, Okay, I would love to see Nehemiah's face. The king said, Nehemiah was expecting, oh, I don't know, let me think about it. But he turns around and says, How long will you be? How, when will you come back? And Nehemiah said, See, Nehemiah wasn't, this is a good thing about a leader. He is. Oh, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks. Maybe 40 days. I, I really don't know. He knew exactly. King, I'll, I'll be back in 52 days. It's going to take me 52 days to build this wall. And the king said, go with my blessing. This was a blessing in itself. This is the same king that told him to quit building just a few years earlier. Now he come back and God, listen, God can change situations and change people's hearts. I'm not going to ask them, it's just going to be a no or God's not. Listen, big doors open on small hinges. I love that. You never know until you step out on faith and trust God. This is the biggest thing. Nehemiah trusted God. Whether the king said yes or no, it didn't change his status in heaven. He's still God. And another thing, Nehemiah had to go on God's timing. There's a difference in having passion and desire. Nehemiah's one of them people that made things happen. You ever been around people like that? Do you make things happen in your home? On your job? In church? That's great. You've got to make things happen, but it's got to be a God. It's got to be a God. And so Nehemiah humbled himself. Number one, the next thing, Nehemiah was real. Leaders have to be real. Now, I'm not just talking about in church. On your job, at home, Nehemiah showed that he was burdened. I love it because people think that preachers are to stand up here every Sunday. Never show a concern. Preach the word. Be an uptight, stuffy preacher. Don't smile. Just be monotone. Be loving. (laughs) Be humble. Show respect. Let the people walk on you. (laughs) Be like a lamb led to slaughter. Jesus is the only person that did that. But He gives me that grace and that love to be a leader. To pastor. A leader don't go with the flow. Amen. Amen. Amen? Well, my buddies are doing it. And you know what, that family down the road? Here's a big and even in church. Well, the church down the road's doing it. It don't matter. You've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. I could care less what any other churches are doing. Amen. What in the programs they're doing. What their preachers are preaching on. It only matters is what is God's idea for this church. What is God's idea for this, my life. I don't even want to raise my kids like other families in the church do. If your conviction is to throw your TV out and not let your kids watch it, Go ahead. But when I come over, plug it up. (laughs) Amen. Listen, don't allow yourself, parents, and even churches, to be legalistic and force people to do what you want them to do. I don't stand up here every Sunday and say, if you don't come back tonight, you're going to hell. And there's some preachers that do that. To get them to do... A leader is not manipulative. Did I say that right? That was a mouthful. They're led by grace, not guilt. Nehemiah wasn't guilty to go to Jerusalem, he wanted to do it. He was led by the grace of God. And he was real and he showed tears. I believe when he told the king about it, he started tearing up because his heart was broken. It's okay to show emotions. Dads, I was watching the Book of Manning. How many of y'all seen the Book of Manning on TV? Anybody? Anybody know the Mannings? Peyton Manning, Archie Manning, Eli Manning. I was, next time ESPN on watch ESPN's Book of Manning. Archie Manning was a... Listen, you say, when I say Art Manning, the first thing you think about is Peyton and Eli Manning. One's for the New York Giants. Peyton's with... uh, I knew you'd know that. <laughs> Denver. Okay? And that's all you think about. Archie was a great, great dad. And the reason he was a great dad, and he said he went to every one of his son's ball games. Didn't miss one. He never butted in and told him how to play. He didn't tell... One time Peyton... After the game, they got beat, and Peyton walked up to the coach and said, the reason we lost is because you can't coach. Archie heard about it. When they got home, he said, Peyton, get in the car. He took him back to the coach's house and made him apologize. He said, he's the leader, not you. You need to be a little more humble. And he said, the reason I'm the way I am is my dad died when I was a freshman in college. And I was never. my dad never hugged me one time and told me verbally he loved me. He said he showed it. I mean, he bought me stuff and gave me stuff, but my dad, ne- he was hungry for someone to be real. And that's what I'm saying, mom and dad. Be real with your kids. So what you cry in front of a man of the house? Well, I'm not doing that. My daddy was out of way. Forget Let's break the chain of bondage. You don't have to be like your daddy. Amen. Be like God has sent you to be. Yes. Be who you are in Christ in leading your family. And don't use that as a cop out. Well, that's the way my dad was and his dad was and that's the way I am. Be who you are in Jesus. Be real. Show your kids you love them. You know, if if your kid comes over here and, you know. He said, I didn't know I was preaching. You are. Come with me. You know, every now and then, they want to be told that they're loved. Hey, I'm proud. Don't go. Yeah, I'm proud of him. Sit down, son. Don't make it feel like a passing thought. Make it real to them. Because the only way Christ is going to be real is lived out and expressed through your heart. Amen. See, you can always tell when people are real in Jesus, it flows to their heart. Amen. And so he was real he didn't mind showing emotions being a man and that's what I love about our church right now we got men Man, it is great to pull up down there on Tuesday nights I had a water somewhere can somebody grab my water off that back west that information center you about caused me to call it we got one coming <laughs> and it don't say dry either and um, it does not hurt us to be real real with our kids real in church allow Christ to fl- There is listen there is more churches today. And listen, I want you to be who you are in Christ. Everybody's personality is different. There's some people that man they'll they'll stand and raise their hand and shout and but I, that doesn't mean you have to. Now, there listen. There's a big difference. Let me find someone who in our churches is kind of outgoing during worship. Anybody notice Who? There you go. Jamie, come here. Jamie always worships. She's always smiling. Tina, sit down right there. Now, here we are in worship. I guarantee you, as soon as a worship song starts, she's going to stand up and she's ready to go. Smiling, happy. Then I look across the aisle and I see David Crumpton. Perfect. Guys, set up David. God did it. I look over at David during worship. He's smiling. I mean, he he's smiling, but David don't stand up. David don't show a lot of emotion. Amen. I guarantee you, if somebody come running in and said, the church is on fire, David would say, let's go, Tino. <laughs> now, if that was me, i get excited. Just the other night, when Hunter was three years old and two years old, he was a premature baby. He was born and six ounces. So his throat and everything was just so tiny, even in a year and a half. And that little feller, Mevlin, would, we'd fix hot dogs. I would mince mincemeat them hot dogs. I would take a hammer and beat them flat and roll them up and beat them again. Because every time I cut a little piece of hot dog off to him, he'd eat it. And then he'd be going, oh, 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 oh. Mevlin was so calm. Baby, just trying to breathe. Here I am. Hot dog! <laughs> Man, I come unglued. But just because David is quiet does not mean the Holy Spirit is not working mightily in his heart. Because I remember a David Crumpton when he first came to church. It didn't matter. He loved the Lord and he loved coming to this church. But if there was a big old, big old, big old bass tournament... I'm not talking once or twice a year at first David was he would come to church but then I don't know if he was coming to church to please Tina and then go fish I don't know but God had a way to work around that as David came and kept coming and growed in the Lord God became a little higher and non-essentials became a little lower that doesn't mean he don't still enjoy fishing and in all that is God's got him in a different place God, that's why it all starts with self leadership right here that's where all leadership starts that's why our church needs people to have self leadership but that doesn't mean Jamie's more of a worshipper than David see I hate putting I hate No, taking churches, what do you when you when you put them in a category with everybody? Label them, yeah. Yeah, label them. I mean, most Christian, most Baptist churches I've been in, Here, I remember when they was when I was called to preach, Mary. Man, as soon as I was surrendered to preach them, Baptists come around me, and man, they started telling me this and how to do this, and I felt like a cookie. <laughs> was trying to manufacture another one of them. Oh, did I break the cookie jar. I wanted to be George for God. I'm Baptist, but I want to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to believe God's not dead. I know God heals. I know God moves. I know God can save and change hearts. And I know God wants us to worship He wants us to be passionate and have desire to serve Him. Whether it's like David or like Jamie. We're all being used. So you've got to be real. And listen, to be a good leader, God will help you give discernment. When to say something and when to not. When to discern it's real or it's a fake? How many gods ever showed y'all that on something? People, things. You just had this in your. I mean, it's just, I can't explain it. It's just a feeling inside of you, man. Sometimes when the devil gets around, and I know and I'm around someone that just didn't right, my hair stand up a little bit. Just discern, my spirit will bear witness with somebody, bam, real quick. Yeah. Mevlin's very good at that. God has just given her that gift to talk to someone for a little while and she'll walk off and have peace. Or there's just something not right. God gives you that through the Holy Spirit. He, he, he tells you what to say, when to say it. And don't be like this preacher one time that was preaching a funeral. And he was using death in, a, in an analogy with death. He said, here, brethren, in this casket is only a shell. The nut is with Jesus. <laughs> How many of y'all has ever stuck your foot in your mouth? Discernment discernment to know whether your kids should be listening to this, doing this. If it's wrong, the Holy Spirit will work through you and convict you about it. Well, I'm going to let my kids be, be kids. I'm going to let them lead their You better not. My daddy would let me lead myself. There's no telling where I'd be in. So I know teenagers, when you get 17, some of them are even 18 and living at home. My daddy, daddy didn't care if I was 35 and at home. Right. Yep. As long as you're on my roof, you abide by my rules, and we'll all get along just good. Amen. But today, kids don't get that. It's like 18 is, I'm a grown-up. Yeah. You're a long way from a grown-up daddy would say do you pay the bill do you pay the water bill do you pay the electric bill do you pay the insurance Oh <laughs> uh, no 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 okay then listen <laughs> here's how it is my dad didn't mind being the leader in the house <laughs> amen. if he couldn't lead right hand would <laughs> <laughs> amen good that's the old days I so wish we'd had timeouts growing up. <laughs> <laughs> but I love what Nehemiah did and in the very end of this, in 17 and 18. Go to that, Michelle. He was humble. He was. He discerned. He was real. But he was prepared, and this is where our church is at. We cannot just, our church is getting big enough and God is blessing. Tim can't show up on Sunday morning. And Rick and all the instrument players say, Tim, what are we singing this morning? Oh, I don't know. I figure we just get to church and open up a book and whatever it stops on, we'll sing. This is why God's not moving in a lot of our churches is we're not preparing ourselves for Worship. I told my class I remember the first church I was in our little worship lady had a piano and I'd come up first Sunday I said well what are we singing this Sunday she said I don't know until I get there I said what oh yeah I'm just gonna you know we'll sing I fly away or standing on the promises or victory in Jesus they know them that's not the problem about we know them does God know us <laughs> are we real I told y'all, y'all just need to think. And I'm going to close with this. Thursday, It takes a lot just to have church service. Amen. I told my class this morning, praise team, just in the music, just what you see this morning. Right here, 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 and here. Tim gets the songs together. They practice on Wednesday nights. And I know y'all hear them back here. But they practice, they get together, make sure this is a song that God wants him to do that laid on Tim's heart. He's the leader. But he he listens to other people. If they want to sing this song, it's not all about Tim. As some people in this church have said to me before, you're wrong. It's not about Tim. It's about Jesus. I threw that one out there on a stump, didn't I? (laughs) I figured I'd kill that devil while he was coming. They practice while they're doing this. Michelle, she's getting the words in and putting them on the screen. Tina's back here. Ronnie's back here now running the sound. Shows up on Wednesday nights. They get all that together, print this out. When I turn my sermon in. It's great. I just turned my sermon in. They put all the pictures with it and do all that little design stuff. I'm not a designer. I'm a preacher. Yes. Amen. But God gifts the church yes. with designers. Yes. yes, amen. And so I give her all that and they put this and this and all the words, all the announcements and all. They don't do that in five minutes, church. That's right. Hours. Yes. That's just this part of what you've seen this morning. That's not counting the greeters that stand out there. The greeters that hand out bulletins. People that will be working in the information booth. From ushers to this, to the Sunday school teachers preparing their class. From all the way to teens down to the little ones. So what I'm saying, we just don't show up and worship. We prepare, then worship. I will never walk behind. Now, if God, I have done it before. God has changed me when I've walked up these steps, and I'll tell Tina, "Sorry, but I'm not preaching." When I give you, God has laid something else. But that's not. I don't do that every Sunday. I don't just say, "Well, I'm tired, Lord." I'm going to get up here and just open the Bible up and let your Holy Spirit blow it. Wherever it stops, I'll start preaching. <laughs> A lady one time did that to find God's will. She held the Bible up and said, Lord, let the Holy Spirit of your winds blow. And wherever it stops, that's where I need to start reading. It blew and blew and stopped. She put her finger on it and it said, Judas hung himself. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. Preparation. We want to continue to see God move in this church. And I know some of y'all may be bored with this sermon. That's alright. That's why God's trying to raise up leaders in this church. Amen. Not everybody will be a leader in this church. But you will lead someone. Amen. Whether it's your kids at home or your family, we're all leaders. And we get, and listen, the more this church grows... The more we got to prepare, like next Sunday, the fall festival, we just don 't show up and stand on a trailer and sing right, that 's right. That's why you see sign up sheets, people preparing and calling meetings You got to have them right, amen. God is not a God of confusion yeah. right. amen. and that 's why a lot of our churches don 't grow the Holy Spirit is saying, i won 't in, but you 're not prepared to handle me." You can't handle me. Where are you at this morning? Where are you at in leading your family? When's the last time God broke your heart? I've already had people call me this week. God is working in our church. He's breaking hearts here and breaking hearts there and breaking hearts here. I've had people call me this week. already come meet Wednesday night with me. They say, Brother George, God has laid this on my heart to do this and to try this. That's what God wants in this church. Don't be scared to come and say, Brother George, I need to talk to you in my office. really about what God's doing in my heart. Because if you go where the Holy Spirit's moving and you're being obedient, being true to God, He's going to stir your heart. Over something. What is He stirring your heart over this morning? It may not be nothing big. But remember, big doors open. Small hinges. Are you ready to step out when God calls? Let's all stand quietly. I know I was long, but our church needs for God to pray that God will raise up more godly leaders. Amen? We need more godly leaders in our homes. And listen, you can't wait on Washington or the government to lead you. It's not their job. It's our jobs as parents to lead our own homes. Amen? Amen. What is God speaking to your heart this morning over? I know as many's here this morning, God's already planted a seed and You may have said, no God, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. And you walked off. That seed is still waiting. It's still waiting on you to pick up with it and walk through that door. That's why God's using our church. Have you seen how God's moved in our church in the last year? God God is still moving. We're not a perfect church. Been, I'm going to be honest with you. There have been people leave this church over different issues. The church fault, Some not. But God still blesses. God still moves. We're not a perfect church. And so if you're coming here looking for a perfect church, this is not... Be like that sign of Bismarck said, keep on driving. It's not here. There is not a perfect church. The only perfect one there is is the Lamb that was slain for our sins. And His name is Jesus. But all He's asking us to do today, church, is to walk under His grace and His love and just be still this morning and just listen for Him. It may be a whisper. But respond to that whisper, amen. Amen. Don't sit there in that same self-pity. That same rut. That same old, same old that you've always done. Because if you always do what you always done, you'll always be where you've always been. Allow Jesus to lift you out of that this morning. Just humble yourselves in the sight of God this morning, church. And He will lift you up. I don't care what you're going through this morning. What heartache. What trial. It may be Because of your own fault. It may be because somebody drug you in it. It may be of Satan himself. Don't let him be the victor this morning. Rise up, church. Let's rise up and be the church that God has called Pleasant Hill to be. I want to be like Nehemiah. I want to challenge you to rise up and build. Build something in your life, in your family, in this church. As we come this morning, the altars are open. Come as we sing. Never for each compassion. Love that's never failed.